We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, guys? The Indianapolis Colts face off against the New Orleans Saints here in this matchup. Wanted to welcome on a special guest, David Grubb. He is the host of Believe in Saints, also the host of, uh, or the creator, rather, of Hard in the Paint, covering all things New Orleans. David, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate your time. How are you doing? Doing well. You know, it's a very busy time of year, but uh, I'm, I'm having fun. Absolutely, man. And in both these teams right now, the Colts and the Saints come in with a three and four record, you know, both off of losses in this last week. I wanted to ask you kind of seven weeks into the season, you know, with some new things with the Saints this year, how are you feeling about the Saints through these seven weeks so far? Not good. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> um, and I think if you if you poll the people of New Orleans or the extended Houdat Nation, wherever it may be, no one feels really good about this team. And uh, I think it's, you know, record is one thing. But when we talk sports, it's it's not just your record. It's how you got there. And that's been the most disturbing thing. The Saints are three and four, but they, they're one and five in their last five games. Book, you know, two losses, bookending, one win in the middle there. And that win was against the New England Patriots. So the last five weeks have not been good for the New Orleans Saints and in particular for their offense. And as it stands today, I don't think that that there's any more confidence in that offense heading into the Week 8 game against the Colts as there uh, was a week ago before they played the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, talk to us a little bit more about like what, what exactly about the offense is really setting itself up for not being as explosive as what maybe some people thought it was. I mean, Derek Carr's stats, I mean, in all totality – you know, completing 64% of his passes, you know, has 1,600 yards on the year. And, you know, the six touchdowns to four interception ratio might not be the greatest thing in the world, but by far and away, not really turning the ball over that much, at least from that aspect. But, I mean, what is it about the the offense for the Saints that's been giving uh, Saints fans trouble? They just not making plays. You know, this is the team that doesn't make big plays. It doesn't make plays in the red zone. It doesn't convert third downs. You know, Derek Carr's thrown over 100 passes the last two weeks. 100. And in that time, he's thrown two touchdown passes. 
none of those coming in the red zone. So it's it's a team that just has no offensive identity. You know, it started off with an offensive line that was the problem. The line has gotten better, uh, but cars regressed. And I think, you know, a lot of times people look at completion percentage and confuse that for accuracy. But Jacksonville openly talked about, you know, Derek Carr being checked out, that they knew coming into the game that he was going to – his first look in a lot of situations is the check down. And that has drawn the ire of Saints fans. And then you add on top of that the call, the, the play calling of Pete Carmichael, who is under fire uh, here as well. And then Dennis Allen, who possesses a career 17 and, and uh, 42 record, uh, you know, 18 and 42 record. You know, so all of them, you got three guys with a history of, of underproducing at their relative positions and, and, and the fan base isn't happy and you're squandering what people viewed as one of the better skill set groupings in the NFC. Alvin Kamara in the backfield, Michael Thomas and Chris Olave on the, on the outside, Rashid Shahid on the inside. You brought back a 36-year-old um, tight end in Jimmy Graham, who's, who's who, with the Saints was one of the best red zone producers in the NFL. And 80% of the time he's been in the, in the games this season, he's, it's been a running situation. So there's just no real understanding of what the Saints team is offensively. It's not a great defense, but the defense has been solid enough for them to be better than this. The problem has been on the offense and in the special teams in particular. And gotcha. just to kind of piggyback off that real quick, Cody, um, I know that uh, I was talking to my friend the other day, and he's a Saints fan. He kind of talks about it being uh, more of a coaching issue rather than a player issue, um, talking about how he feels that the play calling and how the offense is trying to move the ball, kind of like how you insinuated how there's not a lot of big play structure and that's kind of stopping this. And we saw kind of last week how – you know, Derek Carr and Olave, like a car had a few words to say about like Olave's uh, inability to get open at times. Uh, kind of just feels like there was some shift in between the communication between them. I mean, is do you think it has more to do with just the the coaching side of things or do you think it's just the guys still not, you know, mixing well with each other? Yeah, I mean, it's it's both. Right. <laughs> Dennis Allen, again, I don't think there's any confidence in him. Um, And even from the Saints fan base, people believe he's and understand he's a very good defensive coordinator. But that doesn't make you a great head coach. Those are two very different jobs. And, uh, you know, this is consistent with Dennis Allen. In his career, this is now his fifth season as a head coach, fifth full season. He got fired, you know, four games into his third season with the Raiders. He's never had a team average more than 20 points a game in in a full season. Never. So this is not something that's new. He's also worked with Derek Carr in the past. And you take the uh, the situation that he came in with over the last two seasons with this offense. The first year, you're trying to replace Drew Brees. Jameis Winston gets hurt. The second year, Jameis Winston, you have him the whole offseason. He gets hurt in game one against the Falcons. And you end up with Andy Dalton. Both of them statistically have far outproduced what Derek Carr has done in seven games. So it can't just be the scheme and the players because the players are better than they were last year at a lot of these positions. They're they're also returning from last year in most of these positions. You had Derek Carr the entire offseason, the entire preseason. They decided that they only wanted to run one series with their starting offense in four preseason games. Hey, that's their choice. 
And, and now they're wondering why the offense is not in sync. There's a deep problem with this team. And you see the players. When you get players on social media, like Michael Thomas, commenting about these things, when you have guys talking about their frustrations and you can clearly see a disconnect, there's a systemic problem in New Orleans right now. And it goes deeper than just, hey, if we get one good game, we're back on it. No, it's, 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 this is a problem that's going to take maybe seasons to fix. Hmm. Well, looking at this Indianapolis defense, um, you know, they've had some ups, they've had some downs this year. I personally, and I think Derek shares this too, I feel like the ups have been more than the downs as, as of recent. But this is a team that's extremely young and extremely raw and thin in the secondary right now. So I guess my question for you is, despite the Saints' struggle so far offensively, where are some ways that you feel like they could potentially take advantage of this Indianapolis defense? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quite frankly, I think the, the first thing is that the Saints need to set a physical tone. Uh, they've been outscored in most of their games in the first half, and I think that's come from not putting drives together. And, you know, again, their inability to convert on third downs has been the biggest thing. So um, I expect them to start utilizing Taysom Hill a bit more. There's been some complaint or even some speculation that Derek Carr wasn't happy with the amount of snaps that Taysom had been taking. But quite frankly, look, somebody's got to move the ball. And if it's third and three, last week against the Jags, they kept throwing it deep on third down rather than just trying to you know, convert things underneath. So I think the Saints have to start trying to take advantage of what's there, um, not tr- go for big plays, let big plays, you know, use plays to set up others. And that was the genius of Sean Payton. And when any offense is going really well, you call plays in the first quarter that set up something for the third and fourth quarter. The Saints are not doing that right now. You, you don't see progressive play calling. And so I think that that's a big uh, thing for them. And they've got to start doing things where you get receivers moving foot with the football rather than waiting for it. A lot of their catches, if you look, it's guys coming back and waiting for the football, trying to, to, to adjust to a pass because it's a stunt. They need to keep guys moving uh, in, you know, crossing routes, take and more slants. You know, Michael Thomas, they used to call him slant boy. I don't care. Run those slants, get first downs, and keep the chains moving. If the Saints start with that, you know, they can, you know, it's, they ran 81 plays last week against Jacksonville. 81 plays, franchise record for most plays in a regulation game. So it's, you know, just because you're getting plays doesn't mean you're getting production. They're still only getting like four or five yards per play. And in the NFL, that's just not going to do it. 
Absolutely. I mean, and we're talking about the Saints rushing attack. I know they're not very well known for rushing the football. Um, I mean, the Indianapolis Colts defense has not been great this year at stopping the run. Uh, and especially with losing Grover Stewart in the middle for the next five games because of the NFL uh, suspension that he received, you know, that makes it even worse for us when it comes to stopping the run. Um, do you have any confidence in uh, the Saints' ability to be able to run the football with any kind of consistency against this Colts front seven? It's only shown a couple of games this season where they had a real commitment to running the football. Um, they did it against New England, but again, that's New England. Um, and they 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 were pretty decent running the football against Carolina, but Carolina may be the worst uh, run defense in the NFL. Um, the Saints have not used, utilized Al Kamara on the edges. And I think that's an area where you can attack the Colts defensively is on the edges. Uh, between the tackles, um, the Saints have just not gotten the production that you would expect like guys like Ryan Ramchek, who had been one of the best right tackles in the NFL. Uh, so the run game just has not been what they've wanted. And it usually works when they paired Alvin Kamara with a burlier, stronger back. They went and got Jamal Williams from the Lions, and that's not his forte. So when they put those two guys back in the backfield together, it's really two speed backs. So they've been utilizing Taysom Hill more as a running back as well in some situations. And again, I think you're going to see his usage increase um, to try to, to him be the power guy and then let Alvin try to do some more things on the outside. Hmm. You mentioned the offensive line and some of the struggles they've had this season. Um, Indianapolis, you know, comes in outside of, you know, obviously Grover Stewart. They come in relatively healthy on the defensive line. Um, how do you feel like that matchup is going to go uh, for a Saints team that's had some struggles? But like you said, they've gotten a little bit better on the offensive line. This is the Colts defense that still has, you know, DeForest Buckner, obviously, who everybody knows, and then a few other guys that have shown some flashes. How do you feel about that matchup? Do you think that the Saints will hold up, or do you think the Colts have a good chance here to make life pretty difficult on Derek Carr? You know, the, the strange thing, you know, is when you're dealing with Derek Carr is he sometimes feels pressure that is not there. So, you know, caving the middle is always the most important thing for a defense against a guy who has happy feet. And if you go look at the film – Derek is a bouncer. He, he stays on his toes constantly, bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. And so, you know, when that pressure comes, he tends to lose his mechanics, even if he's not getting sacked. So the left side of the Saints line has been the most in flux. Left tackle has changed three times this season. Guard has switched multiple times. And that's your blind side. And he took a couple of hits last week against the Jaguars from that blind side from speed rushers. So I think that, you know, the left side is a problem uh, for him. The, the key is going to be getting the, for the Saints to always get the ball out of the, his hands quickly. I think the faster he makes a decision, the better he is. If he waits, he's going to check down. And that allows the rush to come in and him maybe to make a, a less accurate throw. So I think if the, if the Colts can get pressure on his, on his blind side, yeah, they can, they can cause problems. But the, 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 the line has gotten better at not giving up sacks. But the problem is if you get there, yeah. Derek has been hit hard when they do get there. Yeah, I think last question I'll ask about the Saints offense. Um, we obviously saw what happened the other day with Chris Olave. Um, I think um, your coach has already stated to the fact that they're going to play him regardless uh, and that that's not going to have any impact on his playing status. But do you think that sort of situation could potentially impact 
you know, Alave and how the offense moves even more, just kind of having that luring over their head? Or do you think that that uh, is not going to matter at all? What I worry about is them forcing it to Alave early. You know, is is that to make a statement that everything's cool, that Carr tries to force him passes early. Don't do that. You know, whatever your script is, your first 15 plays, script them as you would based on the matchup. Don't don't go out here and try to prove a point. Because I think that that's you know, that's the worst thing a team could do. You're not playing to the fans, but you got to play a great game this weekend. So, you know, I, I think Chris Olave's mindset. He went 70 and a 35. He wasn't, it, it wasn't a Henry Rugg situation where he was, you know, 70 and 35 is bad enough. But you know what I mean? Like, I, he wasn't drunk. He wasn't out. He was a young man, made a mistake. And right. the NFL typically has not punished players in that situation for just a typical speeding ticket. Um, he's going to have to deal with it. But I don't think that's the problem in that room right now. I think there's a real confidence issue that has gone through the entire offense when even after the break, this break that the team thought everything was going to be together, you know, guys are still saying we're not there. So, yeah, that's not going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. If they don't feel like the play calling, if they don't feel like Derek Carr, if those aren't on the same page, nothing's going to fix that. Yeah, we'll flip it over now, David, to uh, this Saints defense, which you mentioned probably been the strength of this team so far through the seven games they've played. Um, you know, they come in pretty good, all, all things considered, in ter- at least in terms of the stats. And they come in right now fourth in terms of yardage allowed. Um, you know, they come in as a top five pass defense. And they also come in as a top, I guess, they're number 12 in terms of rushing yards. So overall, pretty good uh, group. And, and what they've done so far. But you look at this Indianapolis Colts offense, obviously don't have Anthony Richardson you know, out for the year, but you look at what the Colts were able to do against Cleveland um, and their defense, who, you know, by all indications, was a very historic defense. Colts were able to run the ball and run for like 150-plus yards and pass for over 300 yards. How do you feel about this matchup with with this Indianapolis Colts offense that features, you know, Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor, and then has a couple of receivers who can do some damage down the field as well? What I think is I, I look at the, the Colts and I think that they have a lot of similar tools offensively as what the Texans have. Uh, and and the Texans were able to spread the Saints out, you know, just with their play calls with their formations and they were able to get their backs into one cut situations where they could get up field, take one cut and just go because the saints offense is built to come straight forward at you. And it plays a lot of man to man. So um, teams that have had success against them are the teams that have been able to get their, get them going side to side in pursuit and make them run because they're not a particularly fast defense from side to side. And they're kind of small at certain positions. You know, this is not um, the same front seven that the Saints had when they were number one, number two, number three in defense the previous uh, three years. They're now more of a defense that's a bend but don't break uh, kind of mode. They're going to give, they want to give up the small stuff, but not give up the big stuff. Unfortunately, in man-to-man, they are susceptible to the big play. And we've seen that particularly guys on the, the back end, Marcus May and Teron Matthew, if you get them in one-on-one situations, you can beat them. The corners are strong. I like Alante Taylor. I like Marshawn Lattimore. I like, you know, the cornerback room in general. And, and you have, and, you know, Demario Davis, very solid linebacker, but he's on the wrong side of 35. You know, so he's, he's not, the speed isn't there. The instincts, of course, Pete Werner's built like a safety. 
So he doesn't have the size that you want out of a prototypical linebacker, especially when the Saints play a lot of 4-2 um, you know, coverages uh, with only two linebackers on the field. And the defensive ends, you're getting a good season out of Carl Granderson, who signed his extension earlier this year. But Cam Jordan has been underproducing relative to his you know, position and his, his pay. And the defensive tackles are young. Uh, their best one is Brian Breezy, the first-round uh, draft pick this year. Uh, he's done a solid job. But this, again, this is a bend but broke, don't break defense. And the teams that have had success have had success with tempo. You know, Jacksonville came out um, and scored 17 really fast points on the Saints last week with tempo, with, with moving a lot of crossing routes and being able to get behind those safeties. So, and, and then still, you saw even a quarterback who was only partially mobile, as Trevor Lawrence was coming off that knee injury, was the leading rusher in the ball game. And had two plus 20-yard carries, including one on the last drive of the game that set up the game-winning touchdown. So when you get when you have those teams playing man-to-man and you get those Saints corners turn their, turning their backs, Gardner Minshew, if the rush isn't there and those lanes open up, he's going to have lanes to run through um, uh, up the middle. Yeah, and that's pretty ironic because we never would have even thought of Gardner Minshew um, even running the football uh, up until what we saw last week where he had three rushes for 30 yards and two of those resulted in touchdowns. Uh, he was looking like, I don't even know who he was looking like, but definitely not like the Gardner Minshew we thought he was. So it was very interesting. But talking really quickly about this Colts offensive line, which has completely resurged from what it was last year, one of the worst offensive lines in every metric last year, to being one of the best offensive lines in every metric this year despite not having a fully healthy unit for the majority of the time, they're still able to keep their quarterback upright the majority of the time. They're still able to run the football for over 100 yards over the last three games. So uh, how do you feel about your defense's ability to go up against this front line for the Indianapolis Colts, which has basically become one of the best ones in the league? This is the concern is that a team like the Colts, again, I, I look at that, my comparison is is the Texans, because what the Texans were able to do was, for the first three quarters, now they fell off in the fourth in that game, and the same with Jacksonville, I think on a Thursday night, that that kind of is the thing, um, but, you know, teams have been able to jump on the Saints because they've been able to keep their drives going, and that's, there have been penalties that have kept drives going, there have been, you know, just, again, those chunk plays, um, big, 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 you know, I think they gave up four 30 plus plays to the Texans and then did this, a similar thing against Jacksonville. So if the, as long as the big play is available to teams and that can kill a drive, you know, in, you know, into drive in one play, that's going to, that's a hard thing for the saints to overcome. So they need complimentary football from their offense as well. I think that's the biggest help to the saints defense would be if the offense can come out and do something early. What the saints are going to try to do is generate turnovers because they've done, they've generated more turnovers this season than they did the entirety of last year already. So they're looking for those plays. They're going to be trying to generate pressure from some funky places. Dennis Allen is very good at dialing up um, exotic blitzes and bringing people that you don't expect and just creating pressure even if they don't get the sack. And then he's got ball hawks out there. The problem is, again, they're just not fast in those one-on-one situations, but you have very good instinctual defenders uh, on the Saints at every level. 
That's interesting because, you know, that was the thing that really, outside of obviously the end of that game with the referees, that was the thing that really screwed the Colts last week was the turnovers. Gardner Minshew had, you know, multiple fumbles, had a pick, and really those things were were where Cleveland was able to take advantage and score off of. So I think that'll be an interesting thing. And the Colts have really been trying to, like, emphasize it this week especially this back-to-back weeks that Gardner Minshew's turned the ball over multiple times. So that will be a big thing that I'm watching. While the Colts may be able to move the ball, you know, the question is, will they be able to sustain drives? And if, you know, Braden Smith's not able to go at right tackle, Blake Freeland, the rookie in there, he's had some struggles this year. So, you know, we, you know, Miles Garrett was able to basically do whatever he wanted last week. So I think that's going to be an interesting one. If Smith's not able to go, Will that continue to be an issue on that right side of that offensive line? And, you know, with Gardner Minshew, it's like I don't have a problem with him taking the sacks, but it's the whole idea of making a bad play worse. And he did that multiple times in this game, so in that last game. So that will be an interesting thing because I definitely felt like the Colts probably should have beaten Cleveland the way they played. Uh, by 20 points or something just because they were dominating, but the turnovers just were killers in that game. So that'll be an interesting one. If the saints have been really pretty solid this year and better than last year, taking the ball away, that is a thing that definitely is, is going to be interesting. You know, how does Gardner Minshew respond after two really poor weeks of taking care of the football and, you know, do the saints take advantage of it? Cause that's really the biggest weakness of the Colts offense has just been the untimely turnovers. Yeah. I mean, the saints got two turnovers against Jacksonville and got, Zero points, you know, last week. Zero points. One of them, yeah, if you get well, off a punt, you know, bounces off a guy's back, that's a gift. And mm-hmm. they didn't score. The other one, you get in, you get a fumble recovery, and you don't score. And and that that's something. The Saints were the first team ever in NFL history. I had somebody look this up for me, um, and I did not realize this, but no home team in the history of the NFL had lost a game where they had one time of possession by more than 12 points, won the turnover battle, had more than 30 plays more than the opponent, and um, also, what was it, also outrushed the opponent and had fewer penalties and penalty yardage. The Saints did all of that against Jacksonville and lost. So that tells you, you know, their inability to take advantage of gifts like turnovers and in the red zone, that is, it, 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 it's that historic that it puts you in a position to lose games that no one has ever lost before. <laughs> that's, that's crazy to think about because, yeah, the last two opponents that the Colts have faced both scored 17 points off of uh, winning the turnover battle against the Colts. And, you know, I mean, if there was one game in particular that the Saints could uh, bounce back from that bad narrative, this would definitely be a team that does it because – You know, unfortunately, when the Colts do it, unfortunately, a lot of times over the last few weeks with Gardner, it's not been, oh, turn the ball over at like the 15 of the opponent's side of the field. No, usually they're giving the ball up at the 30 of our own uh, on our own side of the field. So you're already in scoring position by the time the offense gets back out there. So definitely uh, not been a great one there. Um but yeah, in regards to uh, just talking really quickly about like what Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew can do against the defense, um, what what do you do? You fear the ability for the Colts to extend the field because really the last, I, even particularly last week when. 
the Colts were facing the number one defense in the entire NFL. I mean, we put up more yards, more points, basically put up more everything than any other team has done against this team and most likely will for the remainder of the season. Uh, and we're able to actually do that through a bunch of big plays down the field. Uh, do you have a sense of fear of what Gardner Minshew and Shane Steichen can do with extending the field? Yeah. You know, honestly, I do, because if that Saints pass rush does not get home, the longer you're in man to man, you know, it's just the longer you're in man to man, the harder it is to, to stay in coverage. So if that if the line is not getting too Minshew, if it's not flustering him, it's not making him move or, or, or change his reads, change his eye level, then, yeah, the big play is going to be there. And, and not only just down the field, you know, through uh, going over them. But again, because if you get them in trail position, they are not particularly fast, you know, on that back end of the defense. That's that's that area. And if the Colts can get those receivers running with the ball when they catch it, yeah, the, the chances are there. Hmm. Awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your guys' special teams because I don't, I admittedly don't know a whole lot about this Saints special teams. So why don't you fill me in on what are some things to know about this New Orleans special teams? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, the return game is potentially explosive. Rashid Shahid, um, you know, had a return for a touchdown last year. He has one for a touchdown this year uh, in the punt game. The kickoff return... You know, that's that's almost not a thing in the NFL anymore. So we don't really worry about it. Um, but the kicking game for the Saints has been a problem. They changed both punter and kicker uh, in the offseason. Uh, Blake Groupie's a rookie. He's missed one game winner. Last week he missed a couple more field goals. Uh, so he's had a struggle this season, even inside the 50. He's missed some 32-yarders, you know, 26-yarders, something. You know, so it's not been great for him. And the Saints play indoors. So he's been missing kicks indoors. That's not that's not great either. Um, and then you go to the punting game and you've got a what I think a 32-year-old rookie um from from New Zealand who's punting and and he's his average is, is, is pretty mediocre. So um Hedlund has not been the kind of punter that they, the Saints historically have had. Saints, if one position that the Saints have always had a really good player at is punter for some reason. The Saints have had Pro Bowl punters. For generations, it seems like. But uh, this year, the punting game has not helped. In fact, the Jacksonville's game-winning drive was set up by a bad punt. So, you know, the kicking game is an area that the Saints have struggled in this year. Um, they haven't given up big returns. It's just that the punts have not been great, and the field goal kicking has been inconsistent. 
All right, sweet. Well, I mean, Cody, I think uh, – do you have any others, Cody, that you think we need to hit on before we head into score predictions? Yeah, I got um, – I just was curious for you, David. What do you think are going to be some, like, X-factor matchups in this game that will potentially decide who comes out on top? I think uh, Carl Granderson is the X-factor for the Saints defensive line. Um, you know, if he makes plays, uh, everything changes for this game. Uh, you know, on the defensive side, he has to, he's the, the engine right now that gets all the other dominoes going um, by bringing that pressure. If he and breezy have a good game, then I think the saints are in it. Um, offensively, it's got to be Michael Thomas, I think, because he's been the steadiest receiver for the saints this season. And I think this is a game where you have to utilize him again, to extend those drives. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just needs to be effective. And that's all this. I think the Saints need to be just try to, to as the X factor for them is getting back to basics and just playing football. Don't try to fool people. Don't try to do things you're not. You don't need to throw it 50 times. No team in the NFL is going to win consistently throwing the ball 50 times, especially not with Derek Carr doing being the one throwing those 50. So I think, you know, if they can get to simplify the game and just go back to what they used to do under even with Andy Dalton and James Winston, get it to Michael Thomas and make plays, get drives going. And then in the red zone, the X factor is going to be Taysom Hill. I think you're going to see him under center more rather than out as a tight end or as a running back in the red zone, because they just got to get points. The saints cannot continue to go into red zone and come out empty or get threes instead of sixes, particularly on the road. Gotcha. Well, I mean, let's go ahead and end this with score predictions. Uh, David, why don't you go ahead and give us your score prediction for this Colts versus Saints matchup? Uh, I'm going to actually say Colts 24, Saints 16. All right. All right. Interesting. I, okay. I think that might be the first time, Cody, this year that we've had a uh, opposing uh, – that we've had a guest come on and – actually picked the Colts over uh, their team. So that, we're making history here tonight. Yeah, <laughs> Usually yeah. it's us picking against the Colts mostly. So it's nice for a change. I mean, the Saints are struggling to put up 20, and I don't think this is the week that they correct everything. I think it's still a lot of drama around this team. And I, I don't know if they're they're ready to be on track. And the Colts do things that they are not good at, that the Saints just don't defend well. So I think this is just a matchup that's not uh, particularly great for them. Uh, but for this team, you know, it, they play in a really bad division. The Colts are in a similar situation. You play in a, a, a division that nobody's going to run away with this season. And so, you know, I think but the Colts are like, I think the Colts look at uh, as a team that could be ascending in their division where the Saints are trying to hang on to something. Um, and that's really been their problem is that I think they, you know, after Sean Payton left, the Saints have tried to hold on to the past rather than try to build towards a future. Hmm. Gotcha. Cody, I like you go the, ahead, man. Yeah, I like the fact that you kept the Colts 20-plus points. I think they're the only team in the NFL so far to have 20-plus points in each game. Um, so, yeah, I think in this game – um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Colts because I do think even though the Colts and the Saints have different records, you're right. It does seem like they're kind of trending in different directions, right? Where the Colts, even though the last game was brutal, I mean they were in control of that game. They should have won that game, you know. And and the Saints, it feels like like you said, there's just they're lacking in identity right now. So I think for that, um, the Colts, you know, have lost two straight now, and I don't think that continues. I don't think Shane Steichen lets that happen. Um, so I'm gonna go Colts 28. 
Saints 17. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm talking about a Colts team that's pissed off about what happened to them last week. Um, with We know the whole situation with the referees and, and the NFL admitting to messing up and all of this stuff. And, you know, Steichen had said even the day after, like, you know, it's time to move on. You know, it's time to move on. We got the Saints. Let's not focus on this last week. We're fully committed to winning this week. And I I agree with Cody. I think that this is the week the Colts kind of figure it out and they're going to finally get another home win. So I'll go 24-17 Colts on that one. All right. Awesome. Perfect. Well, David, man, I we really appreciate you and, and a little bit of your time, your half an hour here or so of jumping on here, talking ball. And uh, yeah, man, um, it's going to be a good one on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. It's always a good time. Um, it's always nice to meet new people, you know, build those connections. So appreciate you again. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, find your work and all that stuff? Yeah, at DM Grub on Instagram and X. And you can also find me on thebirdrights.com, covering the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the, Of course, Believe in Saints with the New Orleans Saints and Hard to Paint Sports um, as well on social media. And uh, uh, just type it into your Google search and you'll find us there as well. So check us out. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much, David. We tell this to everybody who comes on the show. Good luck on Sunday, but not too much luck because we're we're hoping for a Colts win as always. But thank you, man. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. All right. And thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in. If you have, if you're still here and you haven't yet, be sure to smash that like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. But that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.